Shackles on my feet, yeah, they won't let me be Won't you set me free, pray this on me Shackles on my feet, oh, they won't let me be Won't you set me free, pray this on me Pray this all on me so much I swear these people let my throat that's on me that's on mama's Welcome back to the Spiritually Fit Podcast. I am your host, Liz Davis, lover of the man Jesus, founder and CEO of His Temple Fitness Co., wife, mom of three, and of course, an exercise physiologist. Thank you all for tuning in again and bearing with me as I dealt with laryngitis this past week. As always, I'm incredibly excited to be here with you today, and I feel so blessed to be alongside you on your journey to becoming your best spiritually and physically fit self. So let's dive back into it today. In today's episode, we are going to kind of talk about and touch on a few different areas, all pertaining to the poor outcomes that result from both external and internal inputs of negativity. So We're going to discuss how we as a society tend to have an abundance of negative self-belief and poor self-esteem. I see it with almost all of my clients in the fitness and wellness industry. And a lot of times this is the result of the things we hear in the world, perhaps in our own homes, either currently in our past as children, what have you. And even the negative thoughts we tell ourselves, which I will also help you to recognize how those are the lies that are coming from the enemy, right? This, in turn, oftentimes leads us to sabotaging ourselves when it becomes um, time to go after our goals, whether it's with our bodies or spirits. Um, We're going to talk about how our fear of success and low self-esteem as a result of these internal and external messages as well you know as other psychological causes results in so many of us engaging in and giving in to behaviors that do not align again with our physical or spiritual goals everywhere you look it seems like you see something negative and i talk to people all the time where this is a common theme they're like ah This coworker is so negative. This news channel is so negative. All you turn when you see, uh, when you turn on the news, is negative, negative, negative. Uh, Whether it's the news, the internet, social media, it's no wonder depression and suicide rates have skyrocketed over the last two and a half years. We have constant 24/7 access to news, right? Both negative and positive. We have constant 24/7 access to social media, to constant connections to others, which can leave us vulnerable to things like constantly seeing disastrous world events, viruses, uh, natural disasters like earthquakes and things like that, um, forest fires, um, mass shootings, etc. It also leaves us vulnerable to seeing uh, fights break out on social media amongst close friends and family, or even being bullied by someone else via because we always have our phones so text social media email whatever the case may be 
And this constant negative input, it's like these little inputs nick away and nick away at our spirit and combine with potentially, possibly negative life experiences that we've had in our past, it leaves us feeling anxious, worried, depressed, and feeling deep down, sometimes even subconsciously, and we'll get there, feeling unworthy and undeserving of great things in our lives. Sometimes a lot of us even get to kind of get to the point where we're like, well, whatever. What's the point? Why should I care about my body when I'm just going to die anyway? Might as well live while I'm here. Being fat doesn't really affect myself in the kingdom. I don't really need to work on it. Everything's awful here. I'll just enjoy myself when I get to heaven. So we sabotage ourselves in ways that leave us feeling even worse, feeling guilty for way longer afterwards than the amount of joy that ever came from whatever it was, going and binge eating or drinking or having sex with a partner you just met or what have you. Now, let me just take this time to say, don't get me wrong because I know the Bible clearly states, Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble and you will have many, but to take heart because I've overcome the world. We as believers, as well as non-believers, but especially believers, we are not, we are not going to be, have it easy. We are going to be persecuted. It's going to be the worst for us, right? So we're going to have troubles, but take heart, Jesus has overcome the world. Now, let me move on to say that this negative way of thinking though about ourselves and our world, our current environment, the self-condemning that we do based on what we've either, we've told ourselves, the lies we've believed from Satan, um, and again, people around us, so we condemn ourselves. This isn't at all the abundant and full life that God wants for us to live here on earth. John 10.10 says the thief, which is the enemy, right, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I come so that they have life and have it to the full. Our amazing, our faithful, wonderful God doesn't want us to exist here on this earth as miserable, joyless, and fearful. And we shouldn't be, especially if we are rooted in him. Like, really think about that, right? I have come so that they have life and have it to the full. I mean, you even think about in the book of Job, all the things that Job went through. Literally everything was taken from him. The enemy had the discussion with God, like your servant, Job, basically he was saying your servant Job, you know, I'm, I want him. And God said, okay, you can do what you must, but do not do everything basically short of taking his life. So he took his income, he took his family, he brought on every disease and, and, and all the things. And it wasn't fun for Job, but he hung in there because he knew that God wanted him to have, he knew that there was a light at the end of the tunnel, right? He constantly was leaning on God. God wants us to have a full abundant life, a life where we lean into him above all else. Let me pivot a little bit here and 
give you this imagery. The more you fill yourself with Jesus, okay, versus everything else, fill yourself with Jesus and the values he teaches us to live by, the more Jesus will fill you. For me and maybe you guys too, the more I spend time in prayer and meditation, talking to God and praying, the more often I read my Bible, the more often throughout the day I refer back to Bible verses, the, the less anxiety, the less fear, the anger and all of that negativity kind of dulls in comparison to the joy I feel. I truly feel the deepest levels of joy. But the more I skip my daily time with the Lord, the my Bible sessions, the more I don't set aside time with God, the more I don't get up early and I have to rush through it because the kids are up, the less intentional I am about spending time with God, the more anxious, annoyed, short-fused, the more sad, the more anxious, the more depressed I get. The more I watch only negative news. I had to, about a year and a half ago, stop watching news completely or... It was causing me to be so anxious and so hopeless to the point where I'm like, this isn't, this isn't me trusting God here. I can't be hopeless when I have him. There's no way. And I'm not going to let those negative inputs affect my beliefs, my self-beliefs, my moods, my self-esteem, my, my hope. The more I watch that news, the more I Google every last symptom I have if something happens, right? Come on, somebody. The more social media I'm on, the more I, the more junk I put into my mind and my spirit, the more junk comes out. You reap what you sow. I'm foggy. I'm short. I'm all the things that don't exemplify the fruit of the spirit. Here's an example that maybe some of you guys can relate to. The more you put something into your search engine or social media, the more it comes up on your feed, right? We all know that we even have a thought about Taco Bell. Taco Bell is now sponsored or, or some sort of Mexican food. The more we Google a symptom and put it into our search engine, now everything on Instagram and Facebook and, and emails, they're they're advertising and sponsored some ad or other about the thing you've searched and, and natural ways to treat this. The, the more though, let me tell you, the more you put Jesus into your search engines and your social media searches, posts and hashtags, the more it feeds it back to you. And since, since starting this ministry, my feed has been filled with sponsored posts from other ministry accounts, Christian clothing, uh, accounts that post daily scripture, and I'm here for it. I do have to be careful, right? Because the Bible says, watch out for false prophets. So you have to guard your heart and your mind in that aspect. But at least I'm not, I mean, and that can be kind, that can be kind of wishy-washy. That could be kind of scary. But at least it's not the fear-mongering, the negativity, the hopelessness that is some of those external inputs, like the news like certain social media platforms. In my darkest moments, I would constantly search for holistic remedies. If you've 
tuned in the first couple episodes, you knew that I suffered from panic attacks and anxiety for about six to eight months, end of 2021 into 2022. And I was constantly searching for holistic remedies or how to deal with anxiety naturally, cures for panic attacks. Um, and in turn, that resulted in the, uh, you know, the, the tech powers that be pushing more and more accounts about dealing with anxiety. And the more I saw that, and just saw how bad it could get for some people even, the more anxious and panicky I was. What I needed to be putting into my phone, what I needed to do was turn off my phone in, that, in, that, in those times, honestly, but what I needed to be searching for was Jesus. Jesus was and is the only thing I need to be searching for in my darkest hours, just as it is when things are going well. You need to lean into Him when things seem hopeless and dark. And you need to praise him in those dark moments too, because he's faithful. You need to praise him because he's good. You need to praise him because he's always there, because he always provides. Praising, worshiping in those darkest moments, you will find light you will find the positive, small smidges of positivity. And before you know it, God has completely turned it around. You've turned the corner. It's funny because our minds are wired to provide a feedback loop, right? Based on what it's getting. And if we're constantly getting negative inputs, even from our own thoughts, our brains are going to look for ways to confirm that negative self-belief or self-esteem or whatever it is. When it comes to our physical and spiritual health, if all we're getting is negative feedback, we are going to look for ways to confirm that. And this is why, leading into self-sabotage, this is why we are so good at sabotaging ourselves. Because our brains are wired that way. If we truly do not believe we are worthy of feeling good, looking good, etc., our brain is going to make a way, is going to find a way to confirm that. Think about that. If we truly do not believe we are worthy of feeling good, if we believe the lies of the enemy, looking good, being happy, we are gonna have those three donuts. We're gonna have those slices of pizza. We're gonna go out and binge drink because we're gonna feel terrible the next day. And it's like, yeah, I can't do this. This is what our brain's telling us. It's confirming all that we don't believe in ourselves. We're gonna, like I said, do whatever it is, let's say binge drink, for example, and wake up feeling all sorts of guilty, wondering why we repeatedly fall back into the same trap. So I just, I'm not good. I, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. Lies. Satan coming to steal and kill our joy. That guilt is confirmation to our brains too on a psychological, physiological note. It's confirmation to our brains that we are not worthy it proves it. Not worthy of success and not worthy of the full abundant lives that God wants for us. But all of that guilt, all of that self-condemnation, all of that self-sabotage, those are the things we do and feel when we choose to believe. We make the choice, right? God gave us free will. We choose to believe the lies of the enemy. The Bible says in Psalms 139 verses 13 through 14, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you 
for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it well. You are, hear me today, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Take that in. Say it again to yourself. Pause it and say it three or four times. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, right? If you keep giving yourself that notion, that positive feedback, that'll start to become your new thought pattern. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God made me wonderfully. He knit me together in my mother's womb. God designed us each uniquely beautiful to do good works on this earth. Every last thought you have and piece of you was made for a reason and a purpose. And that is the truth. That is the truth. God wants you to feel good about yourself because he made you. Because he made you. God don't make trash. So whatever leads you to the behaviors or has led you to the behavioral patterns that you're constantly in, that's not from God. And that's not what God has for you. That's not the end. That's just the path right now. But there's a fork. Loving, hear me guys, loving how he made you is loving what he created. And I don't know if on this earth we will be able to fully process that, but I want you guys, I surely want us to try. Each and every time we give into temptation and sin and self-sabotage, one of my examples is I scroll too long on pointless, negative stuff. Just scrolling, scrolling. So now it's too late to go to the gym. Child watch is going to close. So I can't work out. Or now I spent so much time scrolling the negative stuff or watching the negative news or whatever, texting and gossiping. I'm calling it out. We all, we all fall short. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God, right? What's yours? What temptation do you give into that sabotages your positive behaviors? So I stayed up texting, scrolling, gossiping, whatever. And now it's, too, now it's too late. And I can't get up early before work to get that morning workout in. Every time we do that, friends, every time we give in, remember the discipline muscle? Every time we let that discipline muscle loosen up a little bit, we let the enemy, we let the enemy win. We'll say we let the enemy win. We believed the lies that Satan tells us getting up early is hard. It's just too hard. I can't do this. I'll never get fit. I can't. I'll never lose weight. It's better to be happy here on earth, right? Because we're believing the lies that <laughs> the kingdom of heaven will never be as good as it is down here when that is the complete opposite of the truth. We can't even begin to imagine how wonderful the kingdom of heaven is, how pain-free, how beautiful the glories and the riches that are to come. We're believing what Satan's telling us, that here's better. Giving up alcohol is completely too hard in this society. That's another lie the enemy tells us. And we give up. Every time we give in, we give up. Every time we give in to the lies of temptation, we give up on our goals. We give up on God. We're not allowing him to be our source of strength. One of my favorite verses exemplifies this. That verse is Isaiah 41, verse 10, which says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. 
I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We need to take his hand and allow him to work in us and stop self-sabotaging. Stop allowing those automatic negative thoughts, aka the devil, to define what we believe about ourselves. Those thoughts are not from God. Let me say it one more time. Those thoughts are not from God. Only good and perfect things come up from above and there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So stop beating yourselves up today. Make it a point. Tell yourself, I'm done beating myself up over these things. I'm going to work my discipline muscle. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to let God uphold me with his right hand. If you are feeling guilt and shame, that's not from God. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That voice you may be hearing, that's talking to you, that those inner thoughts about starting to change things, that's conviction. That is different from guilt and shame, friends. Totally different. Okay? If you feel that you need to change something and it's something that God wants for you because you are going to live a more full, a more joyous, a more abundant life, then that's conviction. That's different from guilt and shame. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. God, I'm having a bad day. God, I want to go. I'm going to just go to the bar and find somebody to hook up with. And for about two seconds, I'll feel good. I'll feel loved. Nope, I'm taking it captive. I'm making it obedient to Christ. Nope, I'm going to go home. I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to meditate on his word. I'm going to do some diaphragmatic deep breathing, put on some Christian worship music. I'm going to lay it at the cross. I'm taking my thoughts captive when I don't feel worthy and I want to do that self-sabotaging thing that's going to make me feel 10 times worse. I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to make it that thought obedient to Christ. Therefore, when we feel these temptations, when we start to feed into our temptations, and being knowingly aware that tomorrow we're going to feel even worse, we need to pray, asking the Holy Spirit to help us take our thoughts captive, take control of our thoughts, put them on a high shelf, lock them away in a cellar, they're done. No, seriously, envision you taking all of those lies of the enemy, those thoughts, and locking them away somewhere for good, throw away the key. Any thoughts that are not self-serving, as in they do not serve you in a positive, loving way, throw them all away. Get rid of them. When I was drinking more than the recommended amounts per day to deal with stress, the grief, the pandemic, and what have you, it wasn't just the drinking that was the worst part. And it was bad because you know how bad that, and I can go into this in a different, I will go into this in a different episode, but um, with how bad it is, even just what they, they, the alcohol companies pretty much recommend of one to two drinks a day. It wasn't even that. It was... The drinking the alcohol would then lower my inhibitions to the point where my mind goes, screw it. I break out the chips, the cheese, whatever, and I binge eat too. So I'd wake up the next morning feeling so guilty. Like, well, I blew it again. I'm still stuck here at this weight. And I'm bloated, I'm nauseated, slightly hungover. 
in pain. My joints would ache from the dehydration. It was just miserable all day. Let me lead you with this next verse. Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The secular world or the mainstream, for those that are not familiar with the term secular, because honestly, until recently, I wasn't. It's the non-Christian world encourages us and even longs for us. They want us to give in to its message that we deserve this and we deserve that. And as the Bible would say, feed the flesh, feed the flesh instead of feeding the spirit. And tells us we need to do this because we deserve it or we earned it. We earned it ourselves or we need to look for love elsewhere. These are all the messages we get, right? If we're not getting exactly what we want, it's like, no, we don't deserve any of it. That's not how God designed us. If we do give into these narcissistic beliefs, you, 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 you doing you, it's really going to bring any real, true happiness and gratification. But when we do what Jesus says and what the Bible instructs us and put others before ourselves and love others as we love ourselves, that is where real happiness and satisfaction in life comes from. And we get all of these unconditional things, unconditional love and peace and all the things we don't deserve. We don't deserve it. We get it from God, though, because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, submit your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. We cannot even understand it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Guys, if you want to be free from these negative thoughts, from focusing on all the negativity of the world, if you want to stop self-sabotaging so that you can be free from the lies of the enemy, so that you can stop letting Satan steal your joy, because I was done with it, take it to the cross, lay it at God's feet, and let him give you peace. Let him give you peace. Pray for that peace to guard your heart and your mind so that you can embrace the abundant and full life he wants to give you. Verse 8 goes on to say, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, think on such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Do you want to get rid of the guilt you feel when you sabotage yourself? And do you want to avoid looking at or listening to the garbage that's on the news and social media because it just makes you feel worse about your circumstances, makes you feel more hopeless, lowers your self-esteem even? Because we all know social media can do that in subtle ways, even just on looking on accounts that are supposed to motivate us, can lower your self-esteem. Focus on what you have learned and received or heard from Christ. And that is only found in the Word, guys. Focus on the truth. The Bible is that truth. The Word of God is the truth. Anything else you do not have to believe because it does not come from God. Now I'm going to pivot again here for a moment. And I want to go and look at the psychology behind self-sabotage and destructive behaviors. People will thwart their progress for a variety of reasons, and this may be conscious or subconscious. 
the causes range from childhood issues to prior relationship effects on them. Uh, other reasons for this type of destructive behavior uh, vary from low self-esteem, like we've talked about up until this point, and coping problems to problems with cognitive dissonance. People who self-sabotage might be aware of their actions. For example, someone who's overweight and on a diet might consciously sabotage their good efforts by eating um, a whole carton of ice cream or, like I talked about earlier with my own experiences with food and alcohol. Or it might be more unconscious or subconscious. A person misses a work deadline and on the surface, it seems like they were just running late. But the truth is this guy's afraid of failure and he's intentionally procrastinating. He self-sabotages by missing the due date and thus he squashes his goal to move up in the company. Because truly deep down, he doesn't, for some reason, feel like he deserves it. And I've also heard the example used in my past of the star athlete who is always getting injured before a big opportunity arises. He tears his ACL Uh, And did he do it on purpose right before the college scouts show up to watch him? No, but on some level, he truly feels he's not worthy or he won't succeed. Uh, He'll be told no and turned down. So he isn't going 100% like usual and what causes the injury, whatever the case. And either way, The injury is easier in his mind to deal with than rejection. An injury confirms like, well, I couldn't, I couldn't even do it because I have this physical injury rather than being told no. Like what would that do to his spirit and his mind and his self-esteem? So I'm going to go into a couple different reasons here why people self-sabotage from a psychological standpoint. Difficult childhood. Growing up in a dysfunctional family can contribute to your uh, self-sabotaging. Without a secure attachment style, um, you might, or you might have an ambivalent or avoidant attachment style, our earliest engagement with caregivers affects how we connect to others. So if your parents told you growing up that you'll never amount to much or maybe they were more subtle and poked fun at everything you did or said uh, sarcastically and then tried to cover it up as a joke, maybe you handicap yourself so that you fall short. You do fall short. It's what your brain is used to, whether it's um, work, school, um, weight loss efforts and, and health efforts or relationships. It's what your brain believes because of what it's been, it's been conditioned to believe. Difficulty in relationships is the way other people self-sabotage. If your ex constantly puts you down, you might still feel vulnerable from that. And maybe they said they were wasting their time trying to move forward with someone like you and you're a waste. Or maybe they poked fun or like talked about your physical appearance I've been there I've been a part of that and so I never believed and still to this day have difficulty receiving compliments especially from my husband because I don't trust that what they say is true because of what I've been told in the past by my partners Um, and maybe they didn't trust you and were super controlling so you hold back from giving stupid details stupid details that have no no weight 
but you're afraid of being making that person mad or um, that that person will try and control you even more in your current relationship. Based, oh, I wanted to share with you guys. I forgot where I was going for a second. Based on a recent study, I want to share with you guys on self-sabotage, 15 psychologists specializing in romantic relationships in Australia identified the main issues for the uh, the prevalence of self-sabotage in romantic relationships. Reasons included insecure attachment styles, low self-esteem, fear of getting hurt, fear of commitment, unhealthy relationship beliefs, and coping problems when it comes to matters of the heart. And then, of course, we've mentioned low self-esteem. It's the reason people self-sabotage. Again, um, people with a negative self-image and low self-confidence are especially vulnerable to self-sabotaging. They behave in ways that confirm negative beliefs about themselves. So if they are close to succeeding, they become uncomfortable. It's unfamiliar territory, okay? This is unfamiliar to them. They've been told all their lives that they'll fail. Or sometimes they told themselves that all their lives, that they'd fail. And so they're looking for ways to confirm it. Their brain is used to that negative feedback loop. Cognitive dissonance is another one. And people showing this behavior um, struggle with cognitive dissonance, which is the mental discomfort you may have holding two conflicting ideas at the same time. Human beings like to have consistency between their beliefs. And, and for example, you're marrying someone great, but you come from a really dysfunctional family and you, your dad left, um, mom went from one abusive relationship to another, and you therefore don't really believe in a stable, loving marriage, yet you're continuing to plan a wedding and send invitations because, I don't know, because you believe in marriage and you believe in, but you also don't. You have two conflicting beliefs. Here's a work-related example. You're about to come into a, a land a great client and earn more money than you ever could have anticipated. Rather than do what it takes to propel yourself forward and get that raise, get that, uh, that new position, you hold yourself back because you don't feel worthy or you feel like you'll fail at it very quickly. So you get drunk the night before the client meeting you tell yourself it's just relax, but you go overboard and you miss it entirely because you overslept. Rather than move ahead, you take actions to screw things up for yourself and because this is familiar to you. Self-sabotaging can lead to chronic struggles with food, alcohol, drugs, gambling, and even self-harm or self-injury. This destructive behavior can also strip people of their motivation and or make them more anxious. Moving on, the three most common self-sabotaging behaviors that I want you guys to look for in yourselves and even in your loved ones if they're looking for some help. Procrastination. People who self-sabotage often procrastinate. Procrastination is a way you show others you're never ready and you put off a good outcome. Because it's because people fear disappointing others. You feel you fear disappointing others. Failing or succeeding. You don't know what it's going to look like. So you procrastinate. You put it off. And it never happens. Perfectionism. 
is another way. Holding yourself to an impossible standard will cause delays and setbacks. While it seems like a positive strategy to aim for something, to go as planned without a hitch, perfectionism actually will hamper your success or you never get off the ground. If I would have waited for all the circumstances to be perfect, I would have never launched this podcast, guys. Because I'm like, I don't have the perfect room. I don't have the perfect equipment. I don't have this. I don't have that. And I was trying to be perfect and come out 100. And, and I do want to work at everything as if I'm working directly for the Lord. But if I let perfectionism keep me from starting and, and waiting until all the circumstances were perfect, it's like it would never happen. Just like they say, if you wait for the perfect time to have kids, you'll never have kids. And so true. When something goes wrong, and inevitably it will, perfectionists will come undone. They end up feeling ashamed, prone to getting depressed then, and they feel like they're letting everyone down. So it's, it's better to just not get it off the ground if it's not going to be perfect. Another way people sabotage themselves is self-medication. To deal with the constant battle between wanting to be successful and the script that plays in their brains, saying they can't be, They'll soothe themselves with drugs, alcohol, food, which is the one I encounter with a lot of clients, and also even self-injury. Now let me go briefly into some ways to stop self-sabotaging. I am a huge advocate for working with a therapist, a licensed therapist, you guys. And if you can find one near you, I highly recommend Christian counselors because they'll use both scripture and, and, and biblical teachings in combination with cognitive CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. So if you can get plugged in, if you want some tips on finding one or you're local uh, to Central Ohio, or even if you're not, contact me, histemplefitnessco at gmail.com and I can look in your area for Christian counselors that also specialize with CBT. And so here are some ways that you can you do your homework beforehand. Um, I want you to examine the root causes. Again, I've talked about this in previous episodes. I'm a huge like, advocate for journaling. Examine the root causes, write them down, whether it's the way your parents interacted with you and talked to you, the way other kids in school made you feel, etc. Really get to the root. Second, I want you to stop procrastinating. Stop procrastinating. If you keep putting something off and it's important to you, it might be easier emotionally than reaching a goal that you were told you'd never reach. But the mismatch between where you're at and what was drilled into your head for years might cause you some discomfort. A lot of discomfort, actually. So you self-sabotage. Confide, confide in someone, potentially your counselor or someone you're really close with that you know, love, and trust to let them know about your goals and check in with them daily. I've mentioned this in other episodes too. This is why um, having a sponsor with AA is so huge. Check in with them daily. Text them to let them know where you're at with your goal and your progress and see if you're still procrastinating. Stop trying to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Jesus is the only one that was perfect. Right? (laughs) 
Amen. Jesus was the only one that was perfect. Perfectionists often get caught up in the minor details, right? Like we talked about earlier. And they think they just need everything to be just so. And then they avoid it altogether because they give up. And they're like, mm, well, I'm never going to be able to afford that equipment. So I guess I'm not going to start a podcast when I could have just done it minimally with my computer and my phone. Perfectionism, like I said, almost kept me from launching this podcast. Procrastination kept me from it for way too long. Time to get your journal out. Again, give you a second. Pause the podcast. I want you to journal and really think. If you think you self-sabotage, ask yourself, is your behavior aligning with your goals is my behavior aligning with my goals for giving up alcohol for losing weight for beginning a fitness routine is your behavior aligning is my behavior aligning with God's purpose for my life is it creating an abundant and full life if not what's stopping me from taking action in making my dreams come true? Is my behavior aligning with values that I currently believe and aligning with God's with what God's word says? If not, what is stopping me from taking actions that align with these values and biblical principles? Next question. Do you feel uneasy or discomfort when you progress? Ask yourself, do I get uneasy or uncomfortable when I make progress? When I get compliments from others? If you answered yes, let's dig deeper. Is this discomfort based on what others have told you that limited your aspirations? Is this discomfort based on a fear of failure and worry about looking foolish? Like if you don't succeed, then why does that matter? Do you worry about what others will say if you do fail? Ask yourself. Is this unease based on a fear of success and the discomfort of being in a new place? For example, if you've been overweight your entire life and this is the only way people have ever known you, family, friends, coworkers, does it make you uncomfortable to think about those compliments you will receive or the judgment from others that say, you're perfect at any size or you looked healthier when you were bigger? Think about that. How would that make you feel if you got those compliments? Does it make you uneasy? Make you feel judged? Maybe that's why it's holding you back? Are you concerned with achieving more than you thought possible? Write this down if you are. And what does that look like in your world? If you achieve more than what you thought possible, well, now I gotta hire a team. My company grew that much bigger. Oh, crap. <laughs> I never thought I'd have to manage this much work with family or this much money. Now I'm in a new tax bracket. Even small things like that can make you feel uncomfortable to the point where you're afraid of, of getting there. If you do better or achieve more, do you believe success is more than you deserve? Write your answer down. 
If you do better or achieve more, do you believe that success? If you started your own company and you made six figures in the first year, do you think that's more than you deserve? Even if you earned it? With hard work and dedication? Now, take all these to the cross. Take all these answers. Take your journal to the cross and pray over them with me. Father God, I am tired. I am tired of constantly sabotaging myself. It's exhausting. I'm tired of carrying the guilt and the shame and all the other lies of the enemy. I lay all of this at your feet. I'm tired of the constant negativity in the world getting to me and weighing me down making me question what the point is. Help me to take every thought captive, Lord, and make it obedient to you. Help me to run and not grow weary. I know, God, that you sent your only son so that I can have a full and abundant life, and for that I am eternally grateful. I praise you for that. Help me to see myself as you see me, Father, made perfect the way you knit me together in my mother's womb, the way you created me in Christ's perfect image. Give me the strength to overcome every self-sabotaging behavior and fill my mind, not of things of this world, but only things from above that are pure and holy. I pray this in your precious son's name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you and make it a great week. Shackles on my feet, they won't let me be. Won't you set me free? Pray this on me. Shackles on my feet, oh, they won't let me be. Won't you set me free? Pray this all on me. Pray this all on me. Let me go. Let me go. I've been going through so much. I swear these people let my throat. That's on me. That's on mama's. On my mama, I can't take no more. So miss me with that drama. Get your commas, get your rest straight. Get your facts straight. Hold me down, I rise up on her like the tax rate. Keep my past straight. Never lack faith. God been working, they gon' have to hold me back, man. And tell them, tell them, tell them, you can pick a side if you want.